There are two genealogies given for Jesus in the New Testament, the records of his ancestry. The first, in Matthew, follows the line of Joseph. The second, in Luke chapter 3, appears to follow the line of Mary. And if that is true, then Luke chapter 3, verse 23, gives us the name of Mary's dad, Heli, which is short for Heliakim. The Jewish Talmud supports this, which is the main source of rabbinical and religious law. Church history gives to us a name for Mary's mother, Anna, or short from Hannah. Therefore, the parents of Mary are Heli and Anna, and they become the grandparents of Jesus. I hope you find it interesting to hear the story of the birth of Jesus from his grandpa. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thanks be to you for the unspeakable gift of your son who entered our world as a babe in Bethlehem. Take us back in spirit to the watchful shepherds. Enlarge our hearts and minds to grasp the marvel of that moment. Let us hear the good tidings of great joy and upon hearing, believe, rejoice, and adore. May our souls this morning be bathed in a spirit of peace and rest as we lift up our eyes to the reconciled Father and worship you in spirit and in truth. Place us with the animals in that stable of so long ago to gaze upon our Redeemer's face and consider ourselves delivered from sin on account of him. Let us with Simeon embrace the child in our arms, the arms of faith, and holding him with undying love as we proclaim in wonder, I am his and he is mine. All of this we pray in the name of the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Amen. Welcome to my fire. Welcome to my fire. <laughs> it is good for me to tell you my story, to remember those strange and difficult days when I thought that God had utterly forsaken me, yet in reality, he was very close. I should start at the beginning. Mary was born. The midwife cried out with excitement, Healy, you have a daughter. And I was so happy. Yes, I was looking for a son. <laughs> but all in his time, God is king. And he had blessed me with a beautiful daughter. There, there is a man in the Torah who had five daughters. <laughs> Oy, 
Can't imagine. <laughs> His name was Zelophehad, and because there were no sons in the family, the daughters petitioned Moses that they might receive their father's inheritance. That was against the law. So Moses took it to God. God said, that's fine. Moses acquiesced, and the daughters of Zelophehad got the inheritance of their son, or the inheritance of their father. So I prayed, Lord, Make my Mary strong like the daughters of Zelophehad. But not too strong. There is always one, already one very strong woman in my home. At that time, there was a debate raging among the rabbis. Should a father teach his daughter the Torah? Moses said, impress God's words upon your children when you are at home and when you travel, when you lie down and when you rise up. So Rabbi Benazi said, it is the obligation for every father to teach his daughter the Torah. Uh, Rabbi Eliezer said, to teach a girl the Torah is to encourage too much intimacy among the sexes. There is no wisdom for a woman except at the spindle. Oof. Well, I suppose you can find a rabbi to teach you whatever you want to hear. But it didn't make any difference what I thought. My sweet Anna said, we will teach our daughter the Torah. So I decided it would be a good thing to teach our daughter the Torah. <laughs> we recited the words of Holy Scripture to her, taught her to fear God. For divine wisdom surpasses all human knowledge. Mary was normal in many ways. She did the cooking and the cleaning, the clothes making, the clothes mending, drawing water, water from the well, working hard in the garden. She was just like her mother, a hard worker. But in some ways, Mary was very special. She was absolutely honest and very determined, just like her mother. She was a lover of God. She enjoyed the sermons in our little synagogue in Nazareth and was eager to learn the words of the prophets, especially those that were spoken about the coming Messiah, like Isaiah's prophecy. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over David's kingdom forever. Or the words of Jeremiah who said, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch a king who will reign wisely and do justly in the land. In his day, Judah will be saved 
and Israel will dwell safely. And this is the name by which he will be called, Jehovah Sid Kenu, the Lord our righteousness. Mary loved the scriptures. I remember her teaching the story of Elijah in our home. The children would gather together. Oh, Mary was so animated. God told Elijah to stand on the mountain in his presence for the Lord God is about to pass by. And then a mighty wind came and tore the mountains apart. And the children answered back, but the Lord was not in the wind. And then there was an earthquake after the wind, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the children said, a still, small voice. Ah, that's a great lesson for us. God does not always yell to us when he speaks to us. Sometimes he whispers his word. King Herod had established an uneasy peace over his subjects for 35 years. But he was troubled by the words of the prophet that spoke about a Messiah reigning on David's throne. The hope of a Messiah was growing strong throughout the whole land of Israel. And in our region of the Galilee, rebellion was brewing. King Herod knew that, so he kept a close eye on the north and would send soldiers to visit frequently. When the soldiers rode into our village, it was a day of fear. They came to intimidate and they came to collect taxes for the temple that Herod was building in Jerusalem. And if we could not pay with coin, they would take our land. And if we could not pay with land, they would take our children. Well, do I remember the day when my good friend Samuel couldn't pay and they took his only daughter away never to be heard from again. Healy, we are not rich people. Today, our land, tomorrow, our child, we must do something to protect Mary. She's a young woman. You need to find her a husband. She's almost 15. She's a girl. Let her play house. I've seen the way she looks at Joseph. And the way he looks at her, Healy, make a match. Nah, Joseph is poor. He's a carpenter in a land of rocks. He's too poor to be a good husband for our Mary. You were poor when I married you. And you still are. She's got a good point. So, I decided to make a match between Joseph and Mary. I made an agreement with Joseph. I called Mary into the room. Joseph was standing in the corner. Mary, you know Joseph, eh? I'm giving you to him as a, husband, as a wife. He will be your husband. 
okay? <laughs> yes, hoopa! And we celebrated the engagement with song and wine. And then I said to Mary, Mary, you must live with us for one year according to the law, but in every respect, consider Joseph your husband, except that which pertains to the creating of a family. And then we pray. O oh, Father, King of the universe, the one who sanctifies Israel with the hoopah and the betrothal, we lift up your name. Ah, oh, that was a good day. Later, I saw Joseph, and I took him aside. Joseph, I just want you to know, if you mistreat my Mary, I'm coming after you. <laughs> His face turned pale, and he was as white as a lamb. I smiled. He sighed. <laughs> No, I mean it. I'm coming after you. <laughs> I just love messing with him. But Joseph and Mary, <clears throat> they were good for each other. Never alone, not in our town. But hope and happiness, they're hard to find in Nazareth. And they had found them both. until something happened. And I didn't know what it was. Mary was not herself. She, she was distant, preoccupied, as though something deep within her was troubling her and she would not speak to anyone about it. When she did speak, I was not prepared for her words. Abba, I must go visit cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth, <laughs> she lives 90 miles away. Why would you take a trip like that? Elizabeth said I was always welcome. You're welcome here. You're welcome everywhere. What does Joseph think about a trip? I haven't told him yet. <laughs> you haven't told him? You haven't told him? No. No daughter of mine is traveling on a caravan without her family. Levi is taking his family south tomorrow. I will go with him. Levi doesn't even know what direction south is. No, you're not going. I must go see Elizabeth. I will be back before harvest. Abba, I must go. So what was I to do? I decided to let her go. I wrote a note to Zachariah, greetings, a request for hospitality. And the next day she was gone. Joseph was building a room onto his father's house for them to live in, crafting furniture with his own hands. But he was very worried. Joseph. Mary has never given me cause to worry. She's never broken a promise. She will return. She will return. 
Four months passed. Four months and then word came that Mary was coming home on the caravan. Half the town came out to greet her. The caravan stopped. Mary got off the wagon. And I saw it. Joseph saw it. Mary, Anna saw it. Everyone saw that Mary was with child. I was stunned. I, I couldn't breathe. I turned and walked home without saying a word. My mind was at war. The others followed me into the home. Anna was weeping. I looked at Joseph. Did you know? Mary, did you give yourself to another? W were you molested? Was it some Roman? No, I was not molested. It, I was not unfaithful. If it wasn't Joseph and you weren't molested, what are you saying? Before I left on the trip, an angel appeared. I would have a son from God. He will be our Messiah. An angel? An angel? Do you think me a fool? I went to visit Elizabeth because the angel said that she was having a child. Elizabeth has a husband. I have a note from Zechariah for you to read. No, no note. I will read nothing. Abba, I have broken no vow. Child, you've broken every vow. You broke your pledge to your husband. You've brought shame upon our family and you sinned against God. Not only that, you've added to your sin of infidelity, the sin of blasphemy by blaming him for your condition. No child, you have broken every vow. Mary's words hit Joseph like the blow of a hammer, shattering all his dreams. And he finally said, Mary, I cannot break the commandments and say this is my child. If I say it is not my child, I accuse you of adultery and you will be condemned. Mary, do you know the reason I chose you? I believed you were a woman of great virtue. Never, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought you capable of this. I've sought to live honorably all my life. To marry you now would be a lie and a great dishonor. I, I will not accuse you publicly but I cannot marry you. Then he left. The good thing about living in a small village is that you know everyone. The bad thing about living in a small village is that everyone knows you. The divorce may be private, but the shame and dishonor will be very public. 
I feared that I had lost my daughter and she had turned her back on God and I must turn my back on her. And so I decided never to speak to her again. I was dead inside while I kept trying to live on the outside. We were always close to tears. The village shunned Mary and they blamed us. And God was nowhere to be found. We felt utterly forsaken. Then one night, Joseph appeared at my house. Healy, you know I've been planning to divorce Mary in a private ceremony, but last night, an angel appeared to me in a dream. He said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. These words fulfill the ancient prophecy of Isaiah. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Healy, Mary's telling the truth. On the one hand, this is impossible. It is unthinkable. It is absurd. Yet on the other hand, why would he change his mind if this wasn't true? I called for Mary to come. Mary, tell me your story. Start with the angel. I'm ready to listen. The angel who appeared to me was Gabriel, Abba, and he said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I was troubled. What could this mean? He said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Jesus, and he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give to him the throne of his father David and will rule Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. I asked, how can this be since I am a virgin? And he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the one born to you will be called the Son of God. Your cousin Elizabeth is with child. He who could not conceive is in her sixth month. The angel said, remember this, no word from God will ever fail. So I surrendered to the will and word of God. I could talk with no one, Abba. I had to go see Elizabeth. And when I entered their home and greeted her, she responded with a prophecy. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. 
how did you know this? I asked. She said, the babe in my womb leaped with joy at the sound of your voice. Abba, this is so encouraging to me. She understood my situation. Although she is old enough to be my grandmother, we became fast friends. She brought much comfort to my heavy heart. She confirmed my faith. And the whole time I was there, Zachariah could not talk. What do you mean, Zachariah could not talk? Well, the angel told him that he and Elizabeth would have a son he didn't believe. So the angel kept him from talking. Elizabeth said, I think my husband felt he should do the talking in our marriage and I should be silent. But God said to him, you stay quiet and let your wife do all the talking for a while. He spent his time writing and praying and reading and smiling. He was so happy. And when their son was born, they named him John and Zechariah's voice returned. Their son will prepare the way for my son. Before I left, Zechariah handed me the note. I gave it to you. He wrote down the song that God gave me. Yes, the note. From Zechariah, God gave me a son when we were beyond our years. It was a miracle. God gave you a grandson who will save the world. That is a greater miracle. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And then he wrote all the words to your song. broken 
And the rich are left with nothing The humble lifted high And the hungry satisfied Our portion and our treasure Our hope and help forever My soul will magnify the Lord I rejoice in God my Savior In the wonder of His favor Every Jewish woman dreamed to receive the honor that was given to Mary but no woman would have chosen the circumstances under which it occurred. About five months later, when Mary was full term, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Joseph had to go to Bethlehem. It was mandatory for him, but voluntary for Mary. Yet she said, I'm going with my husband. So I decide, I didn't have to decide anything. We didn't hear from them for almost five years. Only that they had a boy and he was healthy and life was challenging. But when they came home, they filled in all the details. They said the decree of Caesar was a monumental inconvenience, but it was part of God's eternal plan to get them to Bethlehem. And when they got there, there was no room. I wonder, if this is all part of God's plan, how come the trip was so hard? It seems to me that doing the will of God in a broken world is seldom easy. Mary told us of the shepherds who came that night when the baby was born and the angels who filled the sky with song. When they took Jesus to the temple, only eight days old to present him, two prophets recognized him, Simeon and Anna. And they said he is the savior of the world, God's Messiah. It was almost a year later that some men came from the east some wise men traveling months to get there. And when they found us, they bowed before the young boy and called him king and gave him gifts. Then Herod ordered that all the small boys in Bethlehem be killed. We heard about that and thought that maybe our grandson was gone. But Mary said, no. An angel warned them to flee to Egypt, a place of safety. And then I remembered the words of the prophet Hosea that said, out of Egypt, I've called my son. And now they are home. And I am grandpa. 
I get to play with Jesus and care for him and watch him grow. Such an unusual boy. God's hand is on him. Why, he's 12, and just last month, his parents took him to the temple for the very first time, even before he's bar mitzvahed. And he was in the temple teaching the teachers the Torah. And everyone was shocked at his wisdom. Oh, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous. It is inconceivable to me that God is my grandson and my savior. The angel said, his name shall be called Jesus, for she, he shall save his people from their sins. Who are his people? It's not just his family, it's not just the Jews. God's people are those who trust God's son who put their faith in him. For God gives mercy to all who fear in every generation. And Mary's words in her song became my song. My soul will magnify the Lord. I will rejoice in God my Savior in the wonder of his favor. Amen.